The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The teachings of the Ascended Masters are universal and available to all. The Ascended Masters themselves are the saints and sages of East and West, and their teachings incorporate the original core beliefs of all the world's major religions. No matter which religious path you follow, you will find these teachings equally compelling. This is The Open Door. Come along with us as we explore the teachings of the Ascended Masters. Here are the hosts for The Open Door, Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. And greetings, everyone. Welcome and thank you for joining us today. You are tuned to The Open Door, the online voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters and where we invite you to awaken to your inner divinity. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Terry Kennedy. And our focus today is on Jesus' mission statement. Now, this is an interesting angle on what Jesus came to do during his Galilean mission. Well, it certainly is. And we mean no disrespect. We are not trivializing Jesus' mission. In fact, quite the opposite. To all of us who recognize Jesus Christ as our Savior, his mission was and is absolutely critical to our understanding of our pathway back to the heart of God. Speaking of which... What? The pathway back to the heart of God? (laughs) Yes. You know, before we go any further, and because this is so central to today's topic, I want to reiterate one of the most essential core goals of our program here on The Open Door, and for that matter, our organization, The Summit Lighthouse. And it is this. At The Summit Lighthouse, we offer you the opportunity to awaken to your inner divinity. We offer you the opportunity to discover your real self by applying the always practical teachings of the Ascended Masters through the science of the spoken word. That's correct. To harness the healing power of the violet flame, to change yourself and to change the world. Now, that's quite a mission statement, don't you think? Well, what we want to offer you today is a perspective on what Jesus hoped to do as he taught his disciples and as he continues to teach us about his core goal. Or to put it in a more modern terminology, Mm -hmm. his mission statement. The Ascended Masters, of whom Jesus is a paramount member and example, teach us that we all have innate divine potential, that we all have an individualized manifestation of God within, our I Am Presence. Yes, and and we also each have a Christ self. You've certainly heard us talking about these two essential facets of our nature, our I Am Presence and our Holy Christ self. Yes, but how many of us truly appreciate the magnitude of this reality? Think about it. Because we have an I Am Presence, we are, without a doubt, one with God. And because we have a personal Christ self, we have the same potential as Jesus had and demonstrated to put on this Christhood and become a son of God, just as Jesus did. Yes, and Jesus told us in so many words that the things he did, we could also do. He taught and reinforced the real truth of our being and our potential. Yes, he did. But somehow, his example has been misconstrued as being a singular event, that he is somehow the only son of God. (laughs) Well, and here, perhaps, is the greatest irony of all. There is only one son of God, but we recognize that son as the universal Christ. The good news is we are all part of that oneness. We are all Christ's in the making. So that one son of God is us. 
Could it, could it be that this misunderstanding came about as a result of misinterpreting the meaning of oneness? <laughs> it could be. We may never know where the misconception started. But for whatever reason, this core misunderstanding has blurred the true nature of Jesus' actual mission. Well, in reality, Jesus came as an example of personal Christhood and not as the only one to achieve it. He came to show us that what he achieved, we could achieve as well. Jesus proclaimed his Christhood as the open door that no man can shut. His intention was to demonstrate that we are subject to the same initiations which he had to pass, including the purification and raising up of the light of our chakras. You know, bear in mind that the path we walk is very individual, conditioned by our past embodiments and colored by our karma. Now, we understand that many of, uh, many of you will ask, didn't Jesus die for our sins? And yes, he did, but not for the reason that you might think or have been taught. Jesus knew that each of us bore a heavy weight of accumulated karma from many past lives in which we misused the light and energy of God. And that's right. And it was and is Jesus' fervent hope that we become the Christ as he demonstrated. To do this, we would probably need a temporary reprieve from our karmic burdens. So Jesus, in an almost unimaginable gesture of service to our souls, chose to hold our karma for us until we were ready to take it up ourselves. And this he did not just for a few weeks or months or years either, but literally for millennia. You know, it's hard to imagine someone loving us so much that he would choose to carry our karmic burdens for over 2,000 years. But that is what Jesus did for the entire age of Pisces. Yes, this could not last forever. And at some point, we had to take on our karmic burdens and deal with them ourselves. Yeah, so you can imagine how vital it would be to have an understanding of our potential Christhood as we began to tackle our karma. That potential Christhood would, in fact, become the impetus and guiding force behind our efforts to balance our karma and rise up on wings of light to fuse with the universal, the universal Christ and the heart of God. Yes, it would, it would uh, be the wind in our sails, so to speak, giving us the true reason to strive and ultimately be victorious. You no, know, once again, we see the fingerprints of our old nemeses, the fallen ones, all over this plot to deprive us of the knowledge of our inner divinity keeping us both literally and figuratively in the dark. Yeah, unfortunately, they're good at it. But the path of Christhood is the sure antidote to every plot, ploy, and strategy the fallen ones can come up with. Remember, from the beginning, we were winning. Now, that's a good thought to always keep in mind. And speaking of good thoughts, <laughs> let's take a, a few moments to really develop this concept of Jesus' mission statement. It is something at once both simple and profound. You know, I think that Jesus summed up his mission statement quite clearly when he said, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Now, that's John 10.10, 10, isn't it? Well, correct. And that life he speaks of is really the essence of God. And Jesus wanted us to know that we have that life within us. And having it more abundantly really means realizing it more fully in order to use it to our benefit and become it in the most literal sense awakening to our inner divinity and becoming God. You got it. And we phrased Jesus' goals in modern term terminology. Mission statement. Yep, mission statement. To emphasize this point, in the context of the modern corporate paradigm, excellence is a primary goal. And in the spiritual context, Christhood is the ultimate expression of excellence. And Jesus, all of the ascended masters, and God himself want us to be excellent, to embrace the fullness of the abundant life, filled with the spirit and life force of the living God. And there's simply no room for medi mediocre in Christhood. It is, again, the ultimate expression of excellence. So this is a great way to sum up <clears throat> Jesus' mission statement. 
that we each become one with cosmic excellence, the universal Christ as God intended. And cease wandering around in the darkness and limitation that keep us from knowing and accepting our true birthright as Christ's and as co-creators with God. Yes, I know that we say this often about being Christ's and co-creators with God, but it is so vitally important to our souls that we at least have the opportunity to hear these truths spoken so that we might have the option to choose to accept or reject them. Yet, for most of us, this is not a choice we are given. Instead, the truth has been hidden from us, right up to and including a willful misinterpretation of Jesus' teachings. And again, as we are wont to do, we raise the question of who would willingly deprive us <laughs> of this vital understanding of our true nature and potential. You know, Sid Bennett will be here with us in a few minutes. I think we'll save that question for him, okay? Okay, <laughs> good idea. But in the meantime, and at the risk of boring you with repetition, let's make absolutely sure we're clear that what we're talking about is one of the most essential and core realities of our being. We all have the potential to become the Christ as Jesus demonstrated. Yep, and we all have the option of following the path of discipleship no matter who or where we are. It is a free will choice to embrace or discard this aspect of our lives. And when you think about it, why else are we here? Going round and round forever on the wheel of karma can't be why God made us. No, he had a much higher purpose in mind for creating us in the first place. He made us to be co-creators with him. And it is through the expression of our Christ potential that we can fully achieve our true life purpose. Speaking of the path of discipleship, in our next segment, we will have a wonderful interview with Elizabeth Clare Prophet on the subject of discipleship. Particularly as it pertains to the expression of this path in the New Age. So I think we'll take a short break here, and when we return, we will hear more about our personal Christhood and the path of discipleship in the New Age. Don't go away. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better. No matter where you are or who you're with, the power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home, and their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You 
You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. Is Jesus the only begotten Son of God? Or is there another understanding of the concept of being a Son of God that we should know? In the following interview, Elizabeth Clare Prophet tackles this vitally important question and more. Our interviewer is Doug Kenyon. Can you tell us how Jesus established the path of discipleship for the New Age? Jesus came as the great guru, the great master, the incarnation of the Word. We call him the avatar of the age, the one who was the fullness of God incarnate and who exemplified the person of the Son, although he was the fullness of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We speak of the Christ as the only begotten Son of God. There is a bit of confusion concerning this only begotten Son because we have confused the eternal nature of the Christ with the singular Son, Jesus. Jesus the Christ gives us the understanding of Jesus the Son who became the fullness of the Christ and therefore in the order of hierarchy earned the title of sonship. This example he gives to us all. Beloved El Moria, the Lord of the First Ray, wrote a book called The Chila and the Path, which he dictated to me as his messenger. In this book he has explained the essential nature of the Christ flame as being the real identity of all sons and daughters of God and not only of Jesus. He says, you who have discovered the flame within have at last discovered the Christ as the signet of your true being. This Christ flame is the sign, the living proof, that you are a son, a daughter of God. Let no man take thy crown. Let no man take from thee this appellation. Behold, thou art the Christ forevermore. The Christ flame is your claim to individuality in God, to immortality, to the perpetuation of selfhood beyond the mortal frame and beyond the planes of time and space. The Master of Galilee came to extol that flame, to set the example of a life lived in the flame. So you also have come called by God to be an example to the age to set your mark upon the page, the mark of the life that is lived in God, of the love that is willed in Christ. As you claim the potential of the Christ flame, as you affirm your individuality in God, know that you do so with the absolute authority of your own I Am Presence and of the Holy Spirit. For he said, This is my body which is broken for you. The fragments of the light body of the eternal Logos, the word, the same light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world, are throughout the creation the fullness of the living Christ, whom God, because he so loved the world, gave to every son and daughter. Understand that in the gift of life 
the threefold flame, the Lord God literally gave to all of his children the flaming essence of the only begotten, that through conformity with this essence the world might be saved from sin, disease, and death. The great teaching of God abiding within us all can be understood in the sense that there is only one God, one Christ, and one Holy Spirit. In time and space, God has placed a replica, a duplicate, of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as this threefold flame within the hearts of all of his sons and daughters. This flame is still only one God. It is one God and yet one times one times one, though there be a billion, million sons and daughters, still the flame is only one. We all share that essential oneness. It is through this oneness that we demonstrate the law of our Christhood. It is to this Christhood that Jesus led us. Where is the place for individuality if we're all one? It is in the gift of free will which comes with this threefold flame. And in this gift of free will, we are to choose which path of Christhood we may take. The paths are seven in number. They are the paths of the seven rays that come forth out of the white light of the Holy Spirit. This enables us to understand that if we have for instance, a scientific nature, and we would pursue the way of science, there is a ray for us. It is the fifth ray of science, or it may be the seventh ray of alchemy and of transmutation. If, for example, we are an artist by nature, and our calling is through art, and our whole life is a passion in the arts, we may not feel that we are excluded from the path of Christhood simply because we are not inclined to demonstrate the law of Christhood as Jesus did. We can realize that there is a master, Paul the Venetian, who is the Lord or Chohan of the third ray of love. By the discipline of art, in all of its forms, we come to a discipline of the Holy Spirit and to a total selflessness because art itself demands the absolute sacrifice of the self for its consummation, and therefore the way of love has been expressed by the great artists of the ages. These paths, then, the paths of the Chohans, the paths of the seven rays, are very unique and very special, and each one has its own frequency and its own way and its own discipline. All of us on earth today as children of God are finding our way back to the central sun of being over one of these rays which comes forth from that sun. We have free will then to choose this ray, and as a matter of fact we have chosen our own particular ray and discipline thousands upon thousands of years ago when our souls first came forth from the plane of spirit, from the Godhead, and we began to incarnate on earth. Many of our listeners will immediately identify their position on one of these seven rays, and it's quite exciting to realize that the way of life that one has and the calling that one has felt is really a real part of discipleship in the Aquarian age, and that by many past lives we have developed a momentum of service and of dedication. 
and that this dedication is not outside of the framework of Christianity, Buddhism, Islam, but it is wholly within the path that God has consecrated through all of the world's religions. Are each of us confined to a particular ray? Does our experience overlap the other rays? Well, as we have been evolving for so many thousands of years, in order to perfect a certain ray, we have many times come into incarnation to work on other rays so that we would have the full balance and the full complement. And therefore, one may find himself very much inclined on the first ray as a person of authority, a leader, and one who excels with energy to draw others to a focal point of service. And yet, the one who is on the first ray may also be inclined toward the wisdom teachings or toward science or toward service. You might say that this person would have a major on the first ray, a minor on the sixth ray of service. And therefore, you find the blessing blending of these rays creating almost an infinite expression of the real personality of the Son, the Christ. What about the seven centers in the body in relation to the seven rays? Well, God has given to us seven centers or seven focal points that we might experience His consciousness in different frequencies. These frequencies correspond to the seven rays. For instance, the heart is the place where we experience love. So the third ray of love comes through the mastery of the heart's center. When we have feelings of love, we have the burning in the heart for the master, we have the great intense love for the beloved. Whereas the mastery of the fifth ray of science, healing, will come through the third eye as the focalization of truth and vision and of penetration of matter, particles of matter from the microcosm to the macrocosm. And so we experience God as vision and as science through the third eye. This is a gift which he has placed within us so that really we have the seven notes of the scale, the seven rays of the Holy Spirit, right within our own temple. And if we would learn to meditate and use the science of the spoken word, we could unlock the energies of each of these centers, and each of these centers would lead us to the master of each of the rays, which is the same frequency as the centers. Do the seven rays have anything to do with the seven days of the week? Well, the cycle of seven is a cycle of completion and of wholeness. The cycle of seven in the week is a way whereby God releases to us the seven rays. And so each of the days of the week is given to us for us to master a certain one of the rays of God. And on that day, we also have the testings and the initiations of the chakra corresponding to that frequency. I've heard reference in some teachings to an eighth ray. Where does that fall? The eighth ray is a ray of integration, and it comes on the meditation of the Buddha and the Mother. It is a transition ray between the seven rays, which are for the mastery in the planes of matter of the Christ consciousness, and the five secret rays, which are within the white fire core of being. The five secret rays represent a going within for the mastery of God, whereas the seven outer rays represent the coming without and the mastery of the environment. These cycles are a pattern of the going within and the coming out. 
the Eastern teachings going within, the Western teachings going without. We see the West becomes an arena for the emphasis of the mastery of the outer world. Now in this period of the turning of cycles which we are experiencing, in the West it is time for us to go within to the white fire core of being. This transition of going within is accomplished through the eighth ray whose symbol is the figure eight. That's also the sign of infinity, is it not? Truly it is, and it is infinity which we attain by the mastery of time and space. Thank you very much. Boy, every time I hear one of those, I just want to sit down and meditate. <laughs> I know. No time for that now, though. <laughs> Up next, our weekly Q&A, and today, once again, we are joined by Reverend Sidney Bennett. Please stay with us. Visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better, no matter where you are or who you're with. The power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home, and their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. The Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. And we are back, and joining us today is Reverend Sidney Bennett. Hi, Sid. Gentlemen. I said. Now, you've been with us for a long time, so you know that this topic of universal Christhood is one that we return to again and again. And I know it's clear to you why, but would you mind telling our audience again why this subject is so vital to whatever spiritual path they follow? It informs everything we do. It gives us the wisdom and the understanding of where we're going and the fact that we can get there. Um, the traditional mm -hmm. Christian teaching is we're basically worthless sinners. There's original sin. Even though I wasn't there, I'm still responsible for it, I guess. <laughs> and that the only way we're going to get to heaven is because Jesus died on the cross for us. Well, 
if you think that about yourself and you look in the mirror, I mean, where is the self-esteem in God? I'm not talking about human pride. I'm talking about an understanding and acknowledgement that we have been created by God in his image. And because we have been created in his image, we have God within us. And when you think about that, how you live, what you do is really dictated. It doesn't matter if I do this or that, if I'm just, you know, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. a nobody, so to speak. But if God is in you, everything we do counts, everything matters. And so it changes how we approach life. And it changes how we see life in others and how we see God. We live differently because we have that understanding. Wow. <laughs> well, why is aspiring to Christhood not an act of pride? Well, I, I don't see how aspiring to what God's purposes can ever <laughs> be an act of pride. Yeah. But, but I think where we get confused here is that if we think somehow this human part of us is going to inherit eternal life. Yeah. Ain't going to happen, folks. <laughs> you can't perfect the human. I mean, we've all tried. Yeah. That doesn't mean we don't have accountability or responsibility for what we do, but that is uh, you know, part of our karma. And so when we can get past the karma, we can balance it through the violet flame or our service to life, then we can become one with our Christ self. But we can never become one with our Christ self if we have pride or arrogance within us because mm-hmm. it's like oil and water. They just don't mix. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, I think we should take a look at this question of the absolute rightness of pursuing personal Christhood from the perspective of the true purpose of creation. I, I realize that's rather grand, but yeah. <laughs> here's what I mean. God has given us the purpose and the means to achieve the grand estate of becoming one with him. Now, isn't there actually more pride involved in denying this reality than in accepting it? Or maybe put in other words, isn't there more pride involved in accepting the limitations of our human consciousness over accepting the limitlessness of God's consciousness? Well, absolutely correct, Tom. And of course, we know that Lucifer fell on pride. Mm-hmm. You know, God, he wasn't impressed with God's human creation, you know, with the, <laughs> with the sons and God, you know, well, who are these souls? I'm not going to bow down to the light within them. Yeah, yeah. And so it was that pride, I know better than God. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we all have to be very careful of, is that pride. And if we are unwilling to accept the path as God has put before us, and we can do that by our free will of choice, of course, it's because we think we can do it right. As Frank Sinatra says, I do it my way. Well, <laughs> yeah. we all have to choose. Do we want our way, which doesn't lead anywhere, I can tell you <laughs> that, folks, or do we want God's way? But choosing God's way is an act of humility and bending the knee to God within us, to Christ within us, giving ourselves into God's care and be willing to take accountability for all we have done in all our previous embodiments and saying, God, with your help, I'm going to right these wrongs and balance this karma. And, you know, people choose not to do that sometimes. And that, I agree with you, is an act of pride. Well, and you also mentioned bending the knee to the Christ within and the, and the God flame within. We also bend the knee to the Christ in others. Indeed. It doesn't mean we, we submit ourselves to others' human consciousness, although naturally there's an order of uh, leadership or hierarchy in many of the world's institutions. But we do bow before the light and the Christ in others, just as, you know, the angels bow before the light within us. As imperfect as we are in a human sense, they can see the light of God within us, and they honor that. Mm -hmm. And so it's a balance there of being human and divine. And this is a path, Ron, and, and, you know, it takes work. It takes understanding. It takes wisdom to sort all this out. But it is the path that God intended us. And ultimately, if we strive, we will become one with our Christ self. Mm. Let me ask you this, Sid. What is your interpretation of the quote from John 10.10 in which Jesus says, I come that ye might have life and that more abundantly? You know, it may come as a shock to some of us. God God wants us to be happy. (laughs) Oh, you know, we think of the path of sainthood and of martyrdom and suffering and so forth. And of course, that has a part in the evolution of our souls. 
and the development of that love that we all need. Mm -hmm. But recognize that God does want us to be happy. He does want us to have the abundant life, but not just in a material sense. He wants to have us an abundant life of light. And the greatest abundance that we can have is the presence of God with us and the oneness with that Christ self. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's, it's, not, it's not like a switch, it's on or off. We put on the Christ by increments. And so your joy can increase, can be fuller as you feel that presence of God. And, you know, we've heard of people, and you may have experienced yourself, who are so filled with the love of God, it becomes all they desire to do and to be. Mm -hmm. yeah. And when they see God suffering in others, they want to help that person. But it becomes the goad. It's the goal. It's everything you want to be. It is the abundant life, which is the light and the presence of God. Yeah, you know, if you read the... Um lives of the saints, you'll get a pretty clear indication of just how strong and intense that love really is. It is. It becomes all-consuming. Uh, what, they, what they put up with in order to keep with it. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, one of the things that we're all familiar with, particularly in the West, but I'm sure all around the world, um, spiritual movements of all kinds have rituals and um, sacraments, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, how is the idea of universal Christhood expressed through the ritual or sacrament of communion? And I'm thinking particularly of the common expression, quote, this is my body that is broken for you. What does the word broken suggest? It's, it's an understanding that God has broken himself and given a portion of himself to each one of us to be co-creators and to live with him in this glorious universe. And so God's body is broken for us. And as Jesus, you know, we think of Jesus' body as broken physically mm -hmm. on the cross. And mm -hmm. so there's symbolism in that. But it is the broken body of the universal Christ of God that is in the sons and daughters of God throughout cosmos. And that, again, also is an amazing concept that God so loved us that he gave us a portion of himself. And, you know, God put himself at risk, in a sense, by giving a portion of himself to us because what we do with our free will obviously impacts God mm -hmm. and impacts God and others. Right. And so, you know, I remember Mrs. Prophet used the phrase once, God is in pain on this planet because of what we do to each other. And so, again, it reminds us of our high and holy calling Boy, to serve God in ourselves and in others, in humility and in love. And just think what we can do. Wouldn't it be nice to do something for God? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, boy. And it reminds me of why, why the statues of, G of Mother Mary weep so much, because she's in that, she's, a, uh, you know, talking about the pain of mankind. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And we can do something about that. You know, God and us, through the science of the spoken word, through the love and the light that we can carry in our beings, through our disciplines, our sacrifice, and our service, can change this planet, can make a difference for people. You know, you don't know when you make one call for a child or a soul, you don't know what happens when you do that in terms of a comfort or a help. Or God, deliver those that are considering suicide this day. Take from, take from them the burden that is driving to them that. You know, you don't know what the angels can do with that, but I can tell you every call we make counts. Mm -hmm. And every word we speak in the name of God can be a help or benefit to people on this planet. And when you understand that, you understand God is within us and with each other and others, and then you put in the blend of free will, you realize, gee, what I do makes a difference. Right. What I do matters. When you wake up in the morning, you know, whether we go to work or go to school or take care of our families, it matters in the physical sense. But what we do matters ultimately in the spiritual sense. Because of free will, our choice to draw forth the light through the violet flame, the spoken word, our service to God, to hold that light as a chalice in our beings will and does make a difference it, every day on this yeah. planet. Well, and I, you know, this is why we drive this point home incessantly, is that we're, we're using God's energy right. in our thoughts, our words, our deeds 
the ultimate accountability behind that would suggest that we are literally, as we said many times, co-creators with God. So that those moments that we create through our intention have a ripple effect on the universe. Indeed. Man, I mean, it's yeah. just, we're powerful, folks. <laughs> God in us is powerful. God in us is powerful. Well, let me ask you, Sid, can the power of the Christhood that we carry within be misused or abused? Oh, good question. Yeah. Well, of course it can be because of free will. And again, that's the risk that God is taking on this planet. And um, I, I can't imagine the pain it must cause God or Mother Mary or Jesus when a child is abused or mistreated or whatever. And yet that is the nature of the physical cosmos is free will. And so, yes, I mean, candidly, we've been abusing this power for a very long time. Not always intentionally, obviously, but it's time to, 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 to adjust our way of living and what we do and what we say and how we act and become instruments of good. And I'm sure we've done much good in all our embodiments, but to, to, to help turn the tide against the flood of darkness that is on this planet right now. I mean, let's face it, folks. I mean, <laughs> just look at the world. We know there is great darkness here, and it takes greater light to offset that darkness, and we can draw forth that light with the tools the Ascended Masters have given us. Mm -hmm. You know, um, we've been talking about Jesus and Mary and others. You know, it's a fairly Western focus so far. But uh, maybe ask this question, are Christhood and Buddhahood synonymous, or do they perhaps represent different stages or levels of consciousness? Well, well they are different ways to God. We think of, of the Buddha as gaining his mastery and attainment through the crown chakra, the awareness, the knowledge, the God of God, whereas Jesus or the Christ obtained it through the heart chakra, which is love. And of course, all paths lead back to God. And so we can choose our individual path we want to go. But what I find interesting about this is the Ascended Masters I've taught, whether you're a Buddhist, Hindu, uh, whatever religion you follow, all souls must make their peace with Jesus and must come back to God through Jesus and the Christ, which is interesting. It's what the <laughs> Christian church teaches as well. Yeah. And so even though there are different paths, the role of Jesus as Savior of this planet and representative of the Christ is one that we must come at p to peace with in terms of our own spiritual growth. Because yeah. if we can't honor the Christ in Jesus, how can we honor the Christ in ourselves? Amen. Well, because God so loved us, he gave his only begotten son. Uh, this is one of those quotes that has often been misinterpreted or misunderstood. What is the right understanding of only begotten son? Well, again, this bears repeating. It's the universal Christ. There is one God, one Christ, as Mrs. Prophet shared with us, that has been broken into many pieces and put in the hearts of the sons and daughters of God. And so that Christ was in Jesus, and Jesus, the, the individual, became Jesus the Christ. And so that is our goal as well. So there is only one begotten Son, mm -hmm. but it's an understanding that that Son can be in each one of us, because one times one times one is, of course, always <laughs> one. one yeah. That's true. Well, okay. This is a question <laughs> now I've asked in many shows past in different forms. And Is it possible that had we been taught the true meaning of sonship and universal Christhood, that we might have long since graduated from Earth's schoolroom and moved on to higher realms of consciousness? I think that's a probably good, pretty good <laughs> bet. Um, yeah. but, but also... Knowledge itself is not enough. Knowledge must be acted upon. Mm -hmm. And so we know that, for instance, there was a golden age on Atlantis, mm -hmm. and the people fell away from that. And even though they might have known at one level the truth about who they were and where they're going, mm -hmm. they chose not to pursue that. So knowledge is the first step, but once you have knowledge, you have to act on it because knowledge itself won't get you anywhere. Yeah. I see. Yep. <laughs> well, uh, how long do you think we've been here toiling on Earth, and and what is it going to take for us to finally graduate? Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, I'm almost hesitant to say <laughs> yeah. how long we've been here, uh, but I can tell you what we know of Earth's recorded history is a very, very thin slice 
of, of what has taken place upon this planet. So whether we've been ten thousands or hundreds of thousands of years on this planet, the time is coming. We, there are cycles for fruition and opportunity, and clearly this is one of them. Mm-hmm. God is saying this is the opportunity for us to take the tools to balance our karma and move on. And we don't know when this opportunity is going to come again on this planet, oh, quite right. frankly, folks. And so strike while the iron of hot is, as you will. But, you know, again, seize the torch, seize the day, seize the opportunity. I think the greatest danger to us is passivity and procrastination. I'll do it tomorrow. Well, our tomorrows have taken up hundreds of thousands of years. Yeah. And if we don't want to spend another ten or 20,000 years on this planet, which doesn't appeal to me, I don't know about you, <laughs> no. this is the time to act. Yeah, this is the yeah. time to act. Well, that probably explains why our souls maybe feel tired from time to time. <laughs> yeah. Are we, okay, assuming that we're ready and willing to move on to higher realms of consciousness, which pathway do you think will be the most likely one to get us there? Well, let's put it this way. If we could have done it on our own, we'd have been there already. Yeah. <laughs> and so many of us have say. to do a little catching up, so to speak. Yeah. Um, not only in terms of catching up and balancing our karma, but catching up in terms of developing the mastery we should have developed by now. The path of the ascended masters is a blueprint, a proven way to get back to God. It's not, we're not saying it's the only way, but for many of us, especially in the West, it has the greatest tools and the, and the greatest understanding that will get us there. The use of the violet flame itself for the transmutation of karma is, is a tremendous gift. And if we don't take advantage of it, we're going to be a sorry lot when we get to the other side. <laughs> and so, you know, I, again, don't believe everything because we say it or Mrs. Prophet says it, but try it for yourself. Experience it. Use the science of the spoken word. Write letters to God. Talk to him. But be active. Just don't let these days slip away and feel like I'm going to do it tomorrow, because that tomorrow might not come. Like the uh, Nike commercials say, just do it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right, I agree with that. Well, let's take a break here. And when we return, we'll continue our discussion of Christhood and our ultimate reward with Sidney Bennett. Please stay with us. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better, no matter where you are or who you're with. The power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home, and their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel.
are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. And we're back for a little more discussion with Sidney Bennett on the subject of Christhood. Okay, on the thesis of today's program, we know that Jesus came to earth on a very special mission, namely that he is the world savior whose mission was to restore our souls to the place where they can bond with our holy Christ self. Could any other master have fulfilled this role? Well, I think we have to have the understanding that God has a very specific divine purpose for each one of us. And that purpose will come to fruition if we, by our own free will, choose to pursue the path that will take us there. And I think what, is, what, what, it, what I found so amazing, understanding the life of Jesus, when, when I had an awareness that perhaps or I was taught that, you know, he was a son of God, he was perfect, he came to earth, and yeah, he suffered for a little while, but, you know, he was a son of God, he could handle that, right? Right. <laughs> but if you have the understanding that this is a soul that has been evolving just as we are as evolving, and, and we're not suggesting that we have the same level of attainment of Jesus, obviously, but we are suggesting we have the same level of opportunity. But each step along the way, Jesus had to choose to yeah. fulfill that mission and that purpose. Mm-hmm. And we think it's kind of a fait accompli in a sense. But Jesus could have been an ascended master without coming back. He had balanced so much of his karma, he did not have to return to earth. He could have said, you know what, I'm done. You know, yeah. I'm going to take my ascension and be in the heavenly realms. And that was his free will choice. But he so loved that he came back and filled that mission and, and dealt with the world, which, of course, you know, rejected him as it has rejected the Christ for a long time. So we think of things as God's care and his loving, but we understand that what we do as individuals count. I remember one of the ascended masters said once that earth was unique because they had a savior. And I never thought of that before. Mm, what wow. if Jesus had chosen not to be the savior? Yeah. Where would we be today? Yeah. And so that's why the choices we make will affect everybody that comes after us in future embodiments. The choices we make today will affect them. Maybe not in an outer way the same as Jesus's did, but in a way that changes this planet. We can't leave this planet the way we found it. We must draw forth the light. We must be the instruments of that light so that we can fill our mission and purpose as Jesus did, and these precious souls that come after us will not be lost. Well, you know, you, you, you raise a point that I think gets overlooked easily, and that is that Jesus, like the rest of us, had free will. And that it was, like as you said, it could, could have been accepted as a fait accompli, but re- really, it's an every moment, every day kind of discipleship, path of initiation. Right. And you know? I, I think it's also, Tom, if I may, sure. I think it's important to remember that he had karma. You know, he was embodied as David. Oh, that's right. King of Israel. Yes. Well, David made a lot of mistakes, okay? <laughs> uh-huh. and, and so he had karma. So he had to balance his karma. And, and so we, you know, it's ta- in the book of Revelation, it talks as the messengers of God coming in sackcloth. And, of course, what that means is they came in their karma. They still had personal karma. And one of the reasons for this is so that we understand. We've got this boatload of karma, or some of us do anyway. Well, We've got maybe some a... karma of some kind. Okay, you know, <laughs> think, oh, boy, can I ever overcome this? Well, Jesus <laughs> overcame his karma, and others have overcome it. What, what man has done, man can do. And that's the incredible excitement of the life of, and mission of Jesus was he showed us what could be done. This is the path, you know, and he wants us to drink all of it because he wants us to have the joy and the bliss that he has. Mm-hmm. And so some sh- shy away from the, from the resurrection, or excuse me, not from the resurrection, but from the crucifixion yeah. and so forth. And yet it's a part of the path because we have to be free of our human consciousness so that we can express, exp- experience the bliss and the joy of God as Jesus does 
because he was willing to pay the price. You know, it's amazing. You remind me that that bliss and that joy was something that the angels rejected. It's still hard for me to comprehend that. It is, isn't yeah. it? Oh, man. I know. Well, here's kind of a, along the angelic line there, kind of an out of left field question. Do <laughs> angels have Christ selves? Well, the angelic kingdom is a unique kingdom created by God to essentially serve as purposes throughout mm-hmm. cosmos. Mm-hmm. However, angels can take embodiment. And of course, there are many angels in embodiment now. And when they take embodiment, they can begin on the path, become a son or daughter of God. And wow. so they can get a Christ self, they can get a threefold flame, and so they can evolve to a new level of consciousness. And yes, angels can. Uh, for instance, Mother Mary came from the angelic realms. Well, she's an ascended master. Obviously, she had a threefold flame, a holy Christ self, and I am presence. So God doesn't limit uh, his creation. Well, right. what about the elementals? Same thing? Well, the elementals, of course, are responsible for the nature kingdom, and, and you've got earth, air, fire, and water, and, of course, the gnomes or whatever of the earth and so forth. The elementals do not have eternal life. They have very long lifespans, but they, too, must work and strive. And what happens is elementals can evolve and grow, and they can get a threefold flame. So an elemental can evolve to become a human being. And I think the greatest example of that is Archangel Michael. Oh, he, yeah. He started out as an elemental, and his job was to guard one blade of grass. <laughs> That's so He made amazing. the most of it. Now, talk he? about high achievers. Oh, but but what I'm, the, the point we want to make here yeah. is, you know, there's no, no glass ceiling in God's kingdom, I can tell you. <laughs> you can go anywhere and do anything, and if you're willing to take, you know, Archangel Michael, it didn't happen to him automatically. He had to strive and work yeah. and surrender and do what he needed to do to get where he is today, just as we need to. Well, uh, back to the idea of Christhood and the presence within us, each of a, of a Christ self. What, what is it that the Christ self actually does? You know, we have to understand that when we seek to become what the, one with the Christ self, we don't become robots, so to speak, in control of the Christ consciousness. Mm-hmm. We become individuals in Christ. And so until we get to that point of the ultimate union, we can cultivate this relationship even as we pray to Jesus, we can pray to our Holy Christ self. And one of the meditations that we like to have is we envision uh, an altar within the secret chamber of our hearts. And abiding at that altar is Jesus as the Christ and also our Holy Christ self. Hmm. And so we can give devotion and love. We can ask our Holy Christ self to guide us and direct us in all things. And as we develop that ability and as we listen and act on what we hear, then the Christ become more of our day-to-day lives. But yes, the Christ self is the mentor, is the guide, it's our voice of conscience. It's when you say, get that feeling, uh-oh, this is not where I'm supposed to go. That's your Christ self. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, this uh, secret chamber of the heart, is that also where the threefold flame Absolutely. resides? Absolutely. Um, you know, getting a little further on this uh, idea of Christhood, this internal mentor, guide, and friend, uh, is it acceptable to think of our holy Christ self as the voice of conscience? Well, of course, it is that still small voice within. And don't forget, a lot of people turn that off. Yeah. You know? And, of course, one of the plots of the fallen angels is to inundate us with so much media, so much sound, so much stimulation, so much work that we have to do to keep up that we don't have time to be still. Be still and know that I am God. Yeah. And we need that stillness mm-hmm. each day, whether it's first thing in the morning or last thing when you go to bed at night. Take time to listen and to talk to God, to hear your Holy Christ, to feel that presence. And don't deny yourself that opportunity because the plot is to keep you so busy and go around with, with ear, uh, what do they call those things now? Earplugs. Ear earbuds. Yeah. Um, oh, earbuds. Yeah. Earbuds, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, so that you're always busy. You don't have time to hear God, and that's a plot. Mm-hmm. Take time for God each day. Yeah, hear that. God in the absolute sense of spirit is wholly perfect. So 
he would not or could not be aware of what we call sin or iniquity or, or an evil vibration. <clears throat> Excuse me. Is, is this, again, one of the primary reasons we have a Christ self, to stand between our highest and our lowest levels of self-expression? Well, it's the mediator. I yeah. mean, again, this is a traditional Christian teaching. Christ is the mediator between God and man. And um, it's the way that we can, we can contact our I am presence through our Christ self when, as you suggest, the imperfection wouldn't necessarily allow us to be there. So it is, again, a gift of God that even in our imperfect state, even in our state of karma, um, we can still reach God and reach the highest realms. Our prayers can literally ascend to the throne room of God through our holy Christ self. I mean, that's, a, that's an incredible statement when you think about it. Yeah, it, it is. Again, it's under, developing an understanding, a respect of, yeah, I've got a ways to go, but even now, I can start today. My prayers can be taken to the throne room of God mm-hmm. because of my Christ self and mm-hmm. because of purity and love in my heart. I mean, it, it's pretty staggering when it's you amazing. think about it. It's, really it's humbling, too. Oh. It's not a source of pride. It's a source of great humility in the honest and the allness of God that we can be a part of. Well, and we have this Christ self as an advocate. I mean, this is, this is God's representative to his court on our behalf. Absolutely. Yeah. Amazing. So let's see here. Sid, um, let me ask you this. Can we lose our Christ self? In other words, if we ignore him enough, will, will he just leave? Or? <laughs> <laughs> well, what happens is, you know, if by our free will choices, our I am presence, our holy Christ self will withdraw from us. Uh-huh. And as we've talked about in previous programs, it is possible to lose the threefold flame within our heart, which is the divinity in your heart. And when that's gone, although it can be reclaimed, it's a very difficult thing. Yeah. So this is why we need to find time for God and need find time for him to teach us and guide us and direct us to give our love and praise and, and worship to God because it's a figure eight flow. Mm-hmm. So it's enlightened self-interest, so to speak, at one level. But at another level, you know, again, we don't want to be far from God. I mean, Padre Pio used to tell people, stop offending God. <laughs> and, and that's not a way of condemning each other, but it's a way of saying, we know those things in our lives that need to be corrected. And if we want the presence of God, we have to do our best to correct those, and we can ask God for his help. But yes, we can lose our divinity. Yeah, yeah well, so as the ascended masters teach us, to keep our Christ self is really, um, this is maybe overly simplistic, but it's to keep our harmony. Mm-hmm to um, serve life selflessly, to fulfill our mission, and to love God. I mean, that sounds like a perfect recipe for our ascensions, doesn't it? Well, it is. <laughs> and I think you've got to keep a couple things in mind here. One is you're not perfecting the human. Okay. We must strive to overcome those human momentums that are a block to the presence of God within us, but we're not perfecting the human. So what happens is people get very enthusiastic about the spiritual path and getting on it. They get fired up, they get going, and all of a sudden they do something really dumb yeah, or stupid. Right. And then there. they get, you know, I'm no good, I can't do this, I'm a bad person, so on and so forth. Well, that's a plot. You know, we stumble, but we have to get up again, we ask for forgiveness, and when we strive in humility and purity on this path, we will make progress, and God will be closer to you, and you'll feel a difference in your life that you've not felt probably for tens or hundreds of thousands of years. But you've got to start somewhere, and this is the time. Well, I think that's the perfect note to end this program on Jesus' mission statement. Yes. Um, Sid, I want to thank you again, as always, for your um, stellar contributions to this conversation. I, oh, we all appreciate it very we much. We do. We do. Yeah. We want to thank you also out there. You are listening to us for joining us today. We hope you find the subjects we share illuminating and helpful as you pursue your spiritual path. 
And we always welcome your comments, questions, and concerns, so simply send them to us at webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. And please be sure to join us again. Uh, Please do. And remember, though the upward path may be difficult, the rewards are out of this world. Thanks, everyone. Have a wonderful week. Thank you again for joining us this week for The Open Door. This program is broadcast live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. For more information about The Open Door and the Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website at www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com.